I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Though it's been nearly 20 years since the Human Genome Project provided a blueprint for human biology, it still left much work to be done to understand health and disease at a molecular level. The Sweden-based Human Protein Atlas, which is seeking to map human proteins in cells, tissues, and organs, recently published significant updates to the open access resource. We spoke to Matthias Ullen, director of the Human Protein Atlas, about how the atlas is changing the diagnosis and treatment of disease, what's known about the human proteome to date, and how this understanding will be essential to bringing about an era of precision medicine. Matthias, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's very nice to be with you. We're going to talk about the Human Protein Atlas, what it is, and how it has the potential to transform the development of drugs and diagnostics, and its latest release. Maybe we can begin by reminding listeners about some basic biology. What role do proteins play in the body? So the proteins are the building blocks of all life on this planet. So all living organisms actually is built up by proteins, which are sort of encoded from the DNA, the genome, but it's actually the proteins that makes everybody tick. It is, you know, why we wake up in the morning and it's why we have a, enjoy a coffee and so on. So all the functions of the human body uh, is proteins. But obviously also when we have diseases, it's usually malfunctioning of proteins in some sort of way. So proteins are really the uh, very, very important to both understand human biology, but also understand human diseases. The Human Protein Atlas is a project that dates back to 2003. How did it initially come about? Who's involved and, and what has it sought to do? So I was very much involved in the technology development for the genome project that was started in the late 80s and sort of finished by 2001 and mainly uh, by US-UK project. Uh, But it was really an international project. So in that, I saw, of course, the vision for me Uh, And that was to try to understand the code and what it meant to understand human biology. And then you really have to move to the next level. And that is the proteins which are encoded by the DNA and our genomes. So in the beginning, we thought that we had about 100,000 genes. Each one was then uh, encoded one protein. But in the end now, after 20 years of work, uh, we now know that we only have 20,000 genes 
and consequently, uh, in a way, 20,000 proteins which are coded by these genes. And that is why we are Mr. Anderson or, or, or who, who we are. So this is what we got when we were born and we got it from our parents. Uh, but this is why we are now functioning and why we are different in this world. And in terms of what the Atlas is trying to do, what types of information are you gathering about these various proteins? So we try to make uh, a sort of a hook, uh, we call it antibody, to each one of the proteins in the human body. Uh, And with that, then, we can go in and fish out the proteins, each one of them, one by one, in a very tedious uh, project, very painstaking, uh, and it has taken us now 20 years to go through all the 20,000 proteins in the human body. Uh, So we know where they are in the body, how much it is, where they are in the cell, uh, and also uh, where they are when you have diseases. And who has access to the data? So we decided, and our funders is a non-profit organization. It's the Wallenberg Foundation here in Sweden. They have decided that all information should be accessible, open access to all, everybody, both from industry, academia, but also the general public. So we have no restriction on the data. We have about 400,000 visitors per month. And, and we have all the major pharmaceutical companies, all more or less all universities in the whole world, which are visiting our, our, our open access resource every month. And what does this data allow people to do either better or that they weren't able to do previously? So obviously it is interesting for everybody studying human biology and diseases where the proteins are. And if you're interested in a particular protein, because maybe you want to make a drug that targets this protein, it is, of course, interesting to go to a resource and then get information Is this protein in the liver? Is it in the kidney? Is it in the brain? Uh, And so on. And I think a lot of people are surprised about how many proteins are not only found in what they think, the kidney or the liver, but also in other parts of the human body. And this is important not only to understand human biology, but also to understand the side effects of drugs that are developed and will be developed. A lot of people have paid much more attention to the genomic side, and they've seen the the progress that has been made on the evolution of tools to understand genomics. How has technology moved in the area of proteomics, and, and how have these tools that you've used to map the proteome evolved? Has it has it made new things possible that weren't when you began this project? So one of the wonderful things about genomics and studying DNA is that the technology development has been so fast and so efficient 
and we have wonderful, wonderful tools to to study DNA and 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 uh, and the genomics. For proteins, uh, this is much much harder. We've had less development in these kind of very very comprehensive tools for studying proteins. Uh, although we have now some new, very exciting developments uh, that we, we, for studying proteins, uh, for example, the Oling technology uh, that uh, comes actually from Sweden. Uh, but but we also are able then to use a sort of a trick, and that is to study the RNA. And this uh, this is of course quite famous now for the COVID vaccines, but the RNA is the link between the genome, the DNA, and the proteins. Uh, and by studying the RNA using the standard genomics technologies, we can also indirectly study the proteins. So this has been a revolution, a sort of a post-genomics revolution, where we are moving from the blueprint of human biology, which is the DNA, into the actual uh, pr- products of this blueprint, which is the proteins. We've seen, among other things, the emergence of artificial intelligence and machine learning to really help understand and interpret results from things like genomics. Is this playing any role in, in your work? Absolutely. With the new technologies that have been developed to study human biology and human diseases, uh, there has been enormous amount of data produced, and a lot of this data is open access, available for all researchers around the world. So one way to tackle the human biology in the future is to use artificial intelligence, smart ways to analyze big data and and so on. So in the Human Protein Atlas, uh, we spend a lot of time trying to integrate data from different sources, including, of course, our own uh, data, uh, and also to use different types of artificial intelligence to actually try to map out the uh, proteins in the human body. How cell or tissue specific are proteins and have you found any that are particularly unique to cell or tissue types? Absolutely. So each one of us uh, and basically every human being on this planet has about 20,000 genes which are coding for proteins. So Uh, although these proteins can vary a little bit, but it is actually quite a limited amount of proteins, about 20,000. And of those, uh, we estimate that about 2,000 of these are needed in every cell. So we call them housekeeping proteins. And then we have another uh, few thousands which are specific for uh, certain uh, cells and tissues. And the most, the organ which has most uh, specific or unique proteins actually is testis, uh, then followed by the brain, which is kind of an interesting observation. And we were very surprised to see this. I've got to ask you about that because you're saying that there's essentially one 
protein for each gene, but I, I've seen numbers to suggest that the proteome is far vaster than the genome. Yeah, that's a relevant question, actually. Uh, we do have m more than proteins because for each proteins, they are, uh, there are variants of them. We call them isoforms. They, they, there are uh, different uh, sugars put on the proteins. They are modified in different ways and so on. But the basic function is actually 20,000 genes that are then coding for 20,000 sort of um, uh, proteins. Does that get into a debate, whether we're talking about a protein type or subtype, as opposed to a, a distinctly different protein? Well, it's a very interesting question. And I would still say that the jury is still out. Uh, if these different variants actually uh, it, it gives different functions in the body or if they are more moderating the the how we look and so on so so um, i would uh, still say that what we are are trying to map out now is the sort of 20000 redundant, uh, redundant proteins that that sort of consensus proteome which is then around 20,000 proteins. You mentioned that there are proteins that are unique to a particular cell type or, or tissue. What's the implications of that from a drug development point of view? Well, I think that most pharmaceutical companies and people that are interested in drug development, a, a kind of a dream is to have a protein which is specific for the disease that you're interested in. And unfortunately, our work in the protein atlas shows us that most proteins are actually not specific for a certain tissue. They're also found in different parts of the human body. And this is kind of confirmed by the fact that most drugs have side effects. And probably the most of the side effects are not because the protein is binding to the right target, well, in the right disease, but it is this to the same target, but in another tissue or, 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 or different parts of the cell. So this is, of course, a problem, but it's also very important for us to know about this. But then you have, of course, proteins which are very specific, uh, and these can be used both for drug development, but also for drug Diagnostics. So you have PSA, which is specific for the for the male prostate. You have troponin, which is specific for heart, and therefore it can be used to to uh, to indicate heart heart um, heart problems and so on. To what extent have you been able to go beyond mapping of the proteome to identifying the specific function of a protein? So. We are mainly focusing now on the map, which is, you know, we would like, we are kind of devoted and almost obsessed by creating a map, not only of the cells and also where they are inside the cell and outside the cell, where they are in the body and so on. But of course, we are also 
interacting with other uh, efforts around the world. For example, the, uh, the, the, the efforts to, to find the structure uh, of, of proteins is called DeepMind. Uh, we're also, of course, interacting with um, uh, different efforts, how proteins are interacting and so on. So it is several efforts now going on, and it's a very exciting time for everybody interested in the molecular biology of, of humans, because all of these different structure, location, expression, uh, abundance, uh, all of this is now being mapped out in different international efforts. And most of these efforts are open access, so they are available for all researchers around the world without restrictions. At the same time, are you able to elucidate the role of any proteins in specific diseases? Absolutely. So, so uh, we are actually, later this year, we hope to launch what we call the Human Disease Atlas, where we have gone, uh, gone uh, where we have studied 100 uh, of the most common uh, diseases in humans, uh, the cancers, the autoimmune diseases, the, the infectious diseases, and so on. And we have specifically looked at the proteins in the blood, and we used the technology developed here in Sweden uh, from Olink um, uh, for mapping out the proteins in different diseases. And this is important not only to try to diagnose these diseases and follow treatment of these diseases, but also to try to understand the underlying problems with these diseases. Traditional small molecule drugs work by targeting proteins. There have long been proteins that were considered undruggable. Has the work of the Atlas provided any insight into how to target these proteins? Oh, that's a very interesting question. So uh, I would still say that there is no such things as undruggable proteins. I'm sure that in the end of the day, we will be able to find drugs to all human proteins. Uh, But the new therapeutic regimes are very often based on biological drugs, uh, which are, you know, the vaccines, the antibodies, uh, uh, and the mRNA vaccines, and so on. Uh, And especially for the antibodies, uh, we can only target proteins so far, mainly, I would say, which are outside the cell. While the small molecules still you can target uh, inside the cell. but of course, uh, there are some proteins where they are, which are so far, as you call it, undruggable. But I am pretty sure that we will find solutions to target all human proteins uh, in, in the end of the day. Have there been any surprising findings in the work so far? Oh, a lot of surprising uh, surprises. So we have published now more than 700 papers just from our own consortium. And we do have citations, uh, about 10 to 20 citations from external groups that have used the protein atlas. And there is a lot of surprises. One, of course, is that we have so few proteins. 
uh, only 20,000. Another surprise, obviously, that you don't need that many proteins for a, to have a cell that survives, about 20,000, we think. Uh, and then, of course, we thought when we started that, you know, the liver would consist a lot of liver proteins and the kidney would consist of kidney proteins. But what we find is that most proteins are found uh, in several places. And even in the brain, we don't have that many brain-specific proteins. These proteins are also found in other parts of the human body. Uh, but I should also maybe say that uh, with the new technologies, which is called single cell uh, transcriptomics and single cell analysis, we do find uh, quite a lot of proteins which are rather specific for a single, single cell type. In November, you released a new version of the Human Protein Atlas. What was significant about the latest release? What new was added? So in that release, I think the major part of that was single cell analysis. We used data from our own group, but also from other groups where we had uh, open access data. And we then went into single cells uh, and compared the, uh, the, what proteins are in these single cells also in different tissues in, in different parts of the human body. So... So one could go into to and and look at, for example, the blood cells, the liver cells, and so on, and and then see where are which are the proteins defined in single cells. So the resolution is getting much much better. So I think that was the major uh, effort in this new version. But we also divided up the, the, the data into 10 sections. So each section then, it's the, where the tissue section, the brain section, the single cell type section, the blood section, uh, and so on. So one could actually more easily access the data that you're interested in. Much has been made about the role of genomics in enabling a new era of precision medicine, what role does proteomics play in that? And what information is being filled in that genomics alone hasn't provided? Oh, that's a very interesting question. So genomics, of course, gives us the sort of blueprint of the human biology. This is provided from our parents when we are born. And we live basically with this, you know, with the DNA throughout our lives. But of course... During the lifetime, we are hit by different molecules, infections. We are, uh, you know, we, there's wear and tear in the body. We are aging and so on. And this actually is not really seen on the genomics level. So you have to move to this sort of protein and proteome level. And that's why I think uh, for precision medicine, proteins will be, in the end, much, much more important than genomics. Although I should also say that genomics is a wonderful tool. It has provided us with a lot of information. And it is, of course, interesting to actually also analyze what we have sort of 
inherit from our parents. But I would still say that when we are moving into precision medicine and individualized medicine and individualized therapies, it is the proteins that we should focus on. And that's why it's so exciting to be part of the protein science community. Matthias Ullen, director of the Human Protein Atlas. Matthias, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.